to you I bring my need. So, when the music starts, let's stand and sing. Well, on baptism days, good days, happy days, uh, we often in the evening have a focus on the Christian life. Um, and I wanted to do that this evening, have a verse that was especially good for Christian living. And that verse is the, the last verse in the letter of 2 Peter. So it's verse 18, which says this. I some of it up there. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So we've had the encouragement of a number being baptised here this year, which has been a great joy to us. And uh, so this uh, verse is uh, quite relevant, I think, uh, for those who have been baptised this year. We're blessed here with uh, a good number uh, of uh, young people. We always uh, love to have more of all ages. But uh, last week, um, John Woods and his wife were here and afterwards he was saying how encouraged he was to see so many young people at, uh, uh, at a place of worship and seeming so happy to be here. Well, we are blessed with that. So, with a lot of young people here this evening, this is a really great verse to think about. But it's a general letter that we're looking at this evening. It's written to a a whole range of Christians. And as we get to the end of the letter to Peter, 
you have two verses really which summarise so much of what the whole letter is about, these last two verses. And one of the keynotes in them is grow. Verse 18, but grow. So it's relevant to us all. I don't know what your Christian age is. You might not know exactly when you were born again. Some of you have got some idea when you became a Christian. And so you can work out what your Christian age is. Well, whatever your Christian age is, this is a good, this is a good verse for you still. But grow. But grow. Growth is a sign of life. Perhaps you did the signs of life in your biology lessons. Was it Mrs. Gren? Or uh, earlier on it was bell ring for me where you have seven different signs of what it must uh, require for something to be a living thing. And the G in Mrs. Gren or bell ring is growth. Growth. And when God has put new life in us because we've been born again by the Spirit, there should be growth. No growth gives cause for concern, doesn't it? If a baby's not putting on weight after a number of months, it's a cause for concern. Things are looked into. Perhaps you do these height checks uh, for children around the home somewhere. You mark uh, how high they are against a certain wall and mark in their height and age. And if that, that never got higher, that would be a cause for concern. In other realms of life, maybe you've got an investment or a pension fund and if that's declining, well, it's a cause for concern for you. That's not what it's about for you. And for Christians, there should be growth. And if we're not growing, it should be a cause for concern. So maybe, maybe it will give us that this evening. A cause for concern as we think about this verse. We don't want to stay where we are when we're baptised or where we first become a Christian. We don't want to stay the same as we were three years ago. It's not as it should be. There should be growth. And as we dig into this verse and draw a little bit on the letter, I want to say five things that I hope will help us to dig into this a bit uh, this evening. And this is the first thing to say. Don't wander, grow. Don't wander, grow. Now that's the the first part of the summary. These last two verses in Peter's letter is verse 17. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. So he's making an important point in that verse 17, the first half of the summary. Don't drift away, don't be carried away. You need to guard against error. There are a lot of things that would make you think wrong and a lot of things that would make you do wrong. In this letter, there's there's influences which are disrespectful of God and people who love God. There's emphasis which are are looking to push down sexual boundaries in the name of freedom. There's influences which are greedy for money, however you can get it. 
Chapter 2 is full of those things in, these le- in this letter. There's a lot to carry us away today, and, and there are similar things really, which would lead us to be disrespectful of God, to push down sexual boundaries, to be greedy for money, however we can get it, and we're to guard against that. Verse 17 says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away, that you don't wander with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. We're to be stable, we're to be rooted, we're to be anchored. Sometimes people are baptised and then a year or two later you wonder what's happening. There seems to be a drift in, there seems to be a decline. And it's a, no, take care, be rooted, be strong, be anchored, don't wander. But you know, sometimes the best form of defence is attack. Isn't it? The best form of defence is attack. Now you know I take a bit of an interest in, uh, in football and in Brighton. And a few seasons ago they had a, a manager, a good manager, but he was very defensive. So if they got a goal, they would just sort of close up at the back and try and make sure that there was nothing that seeped through to equalise. And that was their approach. So if they oh, get some 1-0 victories, it didn't always work. And now they have an exciting and rather maverick manager. And if they go one up, his general policy is push forward and get more, put them under pressure, make them defend. That doesn't always work, but it certainly makes for exciting football. The best form of defence is sometimes attack. And the same is true in the Christian life. We're not just to stay rooted and aware, and stable, and wary, like verse 17. No, we are to grow, but grow. But grow. And if you are growing, you are unlikely to be carried away, and to wander away with the different influences that are around us. But grow. Don't wander, but grow. Now, I'm trying to be forward-looking this evening. I could say, have you grown? And that's a useful line of thought. I could say, are you growing? And that's a a useful line of thought. But uh, this is forward-looking. That's what I want to be. As you go forward from from this evening, but grow. Don't wander, grow. Be positive, look to grow as a Christian. That's what I want you to go away with. In grace and knowledge grow. In grace and knowledge grow. What are we to grow in? It tells us, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe you thought, well, that, that sounds a bit plain. I expected something a bit more adventurous, really. Some sort of pioneering spirit or... Hours of prayer or big bags under the eyes with such, uh, such activism in the Christian life. And there's a place for purpose in the Christian life. We'll come on to that in a minute. But first and foremost is to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ.
Uh, Peter can't really get off this subject. He, he's in it a lot when he's sort of saying hello to them, if you like, at the start of the letter, in verse 2, at the start of the letter, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In the next verse, when he's talking about the new life they have, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Grace and knowledge. You know, if you're not a Christian, that's what you need to understand. You need to understand God's grace It's immense, undeserved kindness and you need to know Jesus for yourself. But if you are a Christian, then that is your need for more of. If you're a Christian, you've experienced God's grace and his amazing love, like we heard of this morning, and you need to know more of it. And if you're a Christian, you know Jesus as Lord and Saviour and that needs to be deepened and growing in you. Now, I'm no expert on pot plants. Indeed, I'm no expert on any plants. I've got a nice pot plant in my study. I've got one of these peace lilies with the lovely sort of white flowers that that come up and it's doing quite nicely. Uh, my wife is better at uh, making sure it, it does what it needs to than mine, than I am. But these pot plants, you know, sometimes they benefit from repotting. So this one did, you know, it, it sort of got to the size it, it was and it, you know, they put in a bigger pot and more soil added and it's flourished and that's very nice. But you know, that's not true of the Christian life. That's not true of the Christian life. If you're a Christian, you don't need repotting. You were born again in grace and knowledge. You understood God's grace, you knew Jesus, and as you go forward, that's what what you need more of. You don't need something different. God's kindness that we heard of this morning, his love the way in which he's justified you, the way in which he's made you righteous. We just need to be increasingly aware of it. We need to be increasingly absorbing it. We need to be increasingly acting it out. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is what we need to grow in. And knowing Jesus, it partly refers to knowing about him. And we need to grow in that. We want to grow in a deeper understanding of Jesus and all that he's done. But it's more relational than that. It is to do with knowing him as a person, knowing Jesus better. And we need that as we go forward, to know Jesus better in grace and in knowledge, grow. Grow in the gospel. Don't don't leave the gospel behind when you start to notch up a few years as a Christian. The gospel has to go with you all the way. It's what you grow in, uh, grow up in. 
You've heard of these, uh, you've probably seen these miniature trees. And uh, they're, they're very attractive and they're very clever. I'm thinking of bonsai trees. You know, you've seen these little, really little miniature trees. Sometimes you have pictures taken of them. Uh, bonsai trees. And as I understand it, the way they keep the trees so small and miniature is by clipping the roots. And by clipping the roots, it stops it growing up. Well, what I'm saying this evening really is is don't be a Christian bonsai tree. Don't have your roots sort of clipped and small, that you're not really drawing in the gospel, you're not being refreshed in Jesus, you're not knowing him better, and therefore you're a, a miniature Christian. No, grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So looking forward as you go forward from this day, in grace and in knowledge, grow, grow, that it works through you, that you love it, absorb it, tell it. Our next point complements this well. Making every effort grow. Making every effort grow. We're thankful we're not saved by our effort and our efforts. We were reminded of that this morning. You might have certain things in your life, Christian credentials, which look good. You may be busy doing things. and We're, we're reminded that, that before God, we, we're not saved by that. We're saved alone by God's grace through Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean that then when we become a Christian, there's no effort, there's no enthusiasm, there's no focus, it's just all sort of laid back, there's no diligence in the Christian life. Is is that what it means? We read chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. Listen to this and think about the answer to this question. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith, and then it gives a list of really good things to grow in, with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, growing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Later on, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. And we had it in the latter reading in chapter 3. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Effort, adding, diligence, increasing. You know, there is a place for diligence, for effort, for focus. There's a place to be focused on growth as a Christian. And this letter reminds us of that. I remember uh, at uh, one stage, I came across two books uh, many years ago, and they had a slightly similar title made me think at the time. One was called uh, The Pursuit of Profit. 
Uh, I was a sort of business management student at the time, so that was quite an interesting book type, quite an interesting book, The Pursuit of Profit. There was another book that came out at a similar time called The Pursuit of Holiness. The Pursuit of Holiness. And it would challenge me as to which... It wasn't wrong to read both of them. You know, there was a place for reading both of them. But, you know, where was my heart? What was my focus? Where was my diligence? What was I wanting to grow in? And some, some of you have a, a heart for, for gardening. It, it takes up your thoughts. So glad to get out. It's on your to-do list. You watch gardening programs. You have gardening books on your Christmas list. You learn from others. You swap ideas. You swap cuttings. You're making effort because you want to see growth in your garden. Well, it may not be for gardening for you. you, you, You apply yourself to your fitness. You do workouts. You are a apply yourself to business, you're thinking of the next project and where the new income and the new customers might be. You're thinking about what the next round of clothes you might get as the one season moves on to the next season. You love your tech, you're reading about the gadgets, you're into your sport, you you read up on these things and these things have got a, a, a place in our life and we like to... But is there any focus, diligence to add to our faith, to grow in grace. God's grace, which is so wonderful. Jesus, who we have sung of as the best person to know, really encourage you as young Christians to, to make a focus of growing as a Christian. Really encourage those of us who are older Christians to make a focus of growing as Christians. Going forward then, make every, making every effort grow. Another point from the, this letter, and both these letters of Peter, by the word grow, by the word grow, There's lots of references in these two letters to the Word of God. So, where we are, he's just referred to what Paul writes and he's referred to the Scriptures, saying that Paul's letters are Scriptures. In chapter 1, he says this about paying more attention and he goes on to talk about For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Scripture, talking about the prophecy of Scripture. He's talked about his plan to leave an account of the life of Jesus, thought to be the Gospel of Mark, so that they can take it in. He wants them to really know and understand the Word. If we go back to 1 Peter, 
I spoke on a similar theme to this a good number of years ago and, and I looked at my notes um, a few days ago and in my, my sermon notes, my talk notes, I came across this, uh, I, I, I said this, I get woken up every night by crying. I thought, I get, I get woken up every night by crying? Well, it was nothing to do with me or Esther going through a bad time. This was October 2002, I noticed, and our youngest was three months old. And they were waking up in the night wanting milk. They were craving milk. So we were going through that phase of disturbed nights. Well, 1 Peter talks about this. It's talked about the word of the gospel which has been passed to them. And then it says in Chapter 2, verse 2, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Grow by craving and taking in the milk of the word, the milk of the gospel. God's word is the great growth booster so I would encourage you, if you're younger, do, do make a, a, a focus and a purpose of getting to know the Bible as well as you reasonably can in your younger years. I would encourage us, if we're older, to keep in the Word, keep being refreshed in the Word. Make it a high priority in your personal life to take in God's word and the opportunities you have amongst groups or Bible studies to take in God's word. Make it a priority on Sundays to be here to take in God's word or wherever you're based. By the word, grow. I came across a a cartoon a few days ago in Evangelicals Now. I thought it made a, a useful point. So I emailed the artist and uh, Sophie said I could use it this evening. Uh, this is the little cartoon. How oh, well it shows up there. It just gets you thinking. It's after church, coffee conversations. Uh, I thought it was quite a point actually as about whether after church coffee some conversations are, are quite as uh, purposeful as this anyway. But uh, I'm really struggling to prioritise my quiet time is what he says. So that's quite been quite open, isn't he, in church coffee conversations. But the little sort of subtext made me think at the bottom. Translation, I can't stop watching cat videos on Facebook. <laughs> so why can't he why can't he prioritise? Why is the word not in his life? Because he, he can't put a stop to looking at cat videos. Now, it may not be cat videos on Facebook for you, but I reckon that all of us could put a dotted line as to other things that keep us, block out God's word. And you know I'm not saying don't look at cat videos or whatever you like. There's a place for downtime, there's a place for amusement and relaxation and refreshment. I'm I'm grateful for those things. But are there things like the cat videos which are actually so dominant in your life and you're, you're never, you can't find any time in the day to read God's word. 
us this evening will be a, a useful little prod to us to make sure that God's word has, it, has a significant place in our life and maybe some of the other things that we enjoy just need to downsize a little bit to create the room because we need God's word, the gospel, to be reminded of Jesus in order to grow as Christians. At our uh, plants in our garden, don't see, we, we, we get by. Hopefully it's not a total wilderness and wasteland. The fact that so many people walk past it tends to keep us from it being a total wilderness and wasteland. But we know it's not up to the standards of our predecessors and we know it's not up to the standards of many of yours. Things don't grow so well and perhaps one of the reasons is we, we don't tend to go into these sort of fertilisers and the foods and the plant foods. So they're not growing as well, they're not as fruitful and in our life sometimes we're, we're not growing as Christians, we're not fruitful because the word is not coming in and so our growth is stunted maybe there's something to think about there as the word just got pushed out God's word, the word of his grace, the route by which your relationship with God is strengthened and enhanced as it just got sort of squeezed out unwittingly. You used to have a pattern, you used to be a bit more diligent, but so quickly it goes sometimes without us knowing, doesn't it? And we're not, we're not just looking for sort of legalistic, proud people who tick their boxes and are all puffed up because they've done their chapters. We're not saved by uh, uh, the, the number of Bible verses or chapters we read in a day. We're not, we're not talking about that. It's an ugly attitude. We don't want that. But in a living relationship, you, you treasure the words of the one you love. And if God has given us his word, are we not making any time for his word in our lives by the word grow looking forward by the word grow grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ just one final point I want to make for his glory grow for his glory grow well if in many ways we've reached, if you like, the main mountains, the main summary at the end of this letter. We have the snow cap in the very last bit of the verse. The verse ends like this, after saying, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. This is his passing word. This is his overarching concern. It's a great note to end on in the letter. It's a great note for us to end on in our thoughts this evening. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Now our growth is not about us being seen as good you know, I'm the most knowledgeable person in our youth group. My quiet times are longer than anyone else's at Forest Fold. 
Nobody's quite as generous as me. It's not being able to say those things. Those things are very proud and self-centred. No, we want to grow so his glory may glow. We want to grow so that his glory may glow. So that others are attracted to Jesus. So that others see his worth. Came down to earth as a, a servant. He suffered continual rejection. He went to the cross out of love. He did that for you. And so you want him to be glorified, don't you? You want his name to glow in the minds of others. Quite a lot of what we're saying this evening is summarised by this verse at the end of 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Some 2 Peter 3.18 to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, understanding his grace and knowledge better, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So as we understand more about God and his ways and his love, our life, our outlook changed and and we reflect him and he is glorified in us. Well, as church leaders, that's what we... We want for our own lives. We want our lives to shine for Jesus. We, we wish we wanted it more. We wish there was a stronger desire. But we can say that. We want our lives to shine for him. We want your lives to shine for him. So that he's glorified in the way you are and the way you're growing and what you say and how you interact with people. We want young Christians to grow for his glory to glow. We want middle-aged Christians to grow so that his glory will glow. We want older Christians to grow so his glory will glow. So it's a baptism day. It's been a good day. We've been thinking about the Christian life. We're thinking about our Christian lives. And uh, just really hope and pray that this might be an encouragement perhaps a nudge, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Just going to allow a moment to reflect before we sing our last song. Sometimes people who are good friends might, after a service, say, um, what struck you most about that? passage or that message what's helped you most in it I want you to imagine that somebody's asking, perhaps they will ask you afterwards, perhaps you've got a good friend who you have that sort of conversation with but I want you to imagine that somebody's 
coming to you, coffee in hand, you know, church conversation. What struck you most about that passage and message this evening? Have a little think and pray about what that might be and then we'll sing our last song.